you can add a tumbler to make mixing that much easier and faster. But when it comes time to get that quality, that's one of our keys is yeah. letting it soak in that juice and spice for that many hours. Yes. And that's actually one of our quality control aspects is we have a check off to let it sit that long before we can actually screen it and cook it. Welcome to Wild Game Dynasty's podcast episode number 54. Folks, we have a great podcast today. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's a wonderful day outside. I'm looking at the calendar. We're into the second week of March, over 50 degrees today. The sun's really not shining. Hey, the snow is just about gone. I'm just looking out to see a few piles of snow that maybe the snowplow made. North of that, that line, we'll call it the shotgun zone. You know, zone two, we'll call it, in that northern lower peninsula. Yeah, they got a little bit of snow up further, but it's running downhill fast. In other words, it's melting, flowing into those tributaries, and pretty soon that'll be gone. I guess what I'm hoping for, too, is seeing the same thing happen in our upper peninsula. They're not getting the trendy, warmer temps that we are here. Hey, they, they are getting temps that'll melt that snow, and that'll be a wonderful thing offering the white-tailed deer, hopefully, an opportunity for this uh, spring to come maybe a little earlier than it had in the past, or at least uh, in a timely way so that it doesn't hang on longer than it should. And that'll help out a ton. Hey, before we get into our podcast, and I want to jump into that quick because uh, we have a gentleman on here who's got a special message. Hey, I'm... I'm chatting with a few people regarding Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and I've met with a guy and I'm going to meet with him again. He has a bit of a theory, and I'm going to call uh, this theory more than that. He's not a biologist. He's not a scientist. He's a gentleman that probably spent more time out in the woods than most people do in a lifetime he does in a year. And still, still, in, you know, he's nearly retired from his business as a contractor, but the guy knows the outdoors. The whole family does. Anyways, we talked to this gentleman, and he has a theory on the wolves, the conflicts that it creates with uh, guys training their dogs, whether it be uh, hounds or, or beagles. Uh, regarding the attacks from the wolves to the to the beagles. I'm going to get into that with him, and it's going to be a fun episode, hopefully, hopefully, next week. Uh, it'll be one to certainly catch and uh, listen to, because he's got a really cool story on his theory on why this is happening the way it's at, and what we can do about it. Meanwhile, let's get into episode number 54. This week's episode is with Nick Grillo of Michigan Brand Meats. Of course, Michigan Brand Meats is a third-generation Grillo-run business, and we really appreciate that family. They stand for an awful lot of uh, wonderful things for us, for a lot of us. We know them as producing an extremely high-quality snack product or maybe a table fare, whether it be a wonderful-tasting ham or some beef sticks or maybe some Maybe some uh, oddities, or we'll call them exotic animal uh, snack sticks. Um, you know, I've got a stack of them in my pantry closet for my next trip up north, and I'm shoving in the truck that are, uh, some are kangaroo, some are antelope, some are elk, some are bison sticks, and they're all wonderful. But without uh, getting into that any further, because I'm not going to share, let's get into the episode. Let's roll right into episode number 54 with Nick Grillo. Nick Grillo. Gary, nice to see you again, man. Hey, I appreciate you agreeing to do a podcast, Wild Game Dynasty, specifically with me, because, uh, hey, in the backdrop of Wild Game Dynasty, we have some key helpers, but it's not like we have some uh, big corporate office with uh, you know all kinds of people right, uh, exactly. taking care of our media relations and all that. So, uh, But 
hey, I really appreciate opening the doors to really is how I was introduced to your family is Michigan brand, your family tradition, sure, but it's your family business here in Bay City. And um, of course, a lot of us know Michigan brand for a lot of reasons. Hey, I'm sitting, uh, you know, here I'm looking at some samples that you're going to send me home. And, yeah. I didn't come over for that, just so you know, but I sure appreciate being able to take it home. <laughs> yeah, a little snack for later, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you were talking about different, you know, different noises and stuff in here. Hey, that's what a that's what Michigan Brands plant is really all about. And we have people in here, uh, you know, working every day. And of course, you have another plant too. Yeah, yeah. We started a second plant in Frankmuth. Uh, this is the fourth year. May I? It's going to hit four years. It's um. Not a sister company or still us here at Michigan Brand. It's just yep. a second facility. Wow. We just ran out of room here in Bay City. Yeah. So our Bay City plant has been here since the 80s. Yeah. And we just been out of space for years and years. Yeah. So we bought a place that's almost five times as big as Bay City. Wow. And remodeled the whole inside. and So we got a little room to grow inside there. But yeah. it's, <laughs> How many yeah. people you know work here? I mean, including every everybody, including your dad, as we affectionately call him Butch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Right now, we're just about 220. Oh, my. Um, the most we've hit is around 228 people. Last summer, I think we were around there, but we're anywhere around 215 to 220 yeah. for a normal operation. Yeah. We run a first and a second shift at both plants here in Bay City and Frankenmuth. It's almost a 24-hour wow. day process. <laughs> There's something going on all the time then. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. A lot of our cooks sometimes take 12 to 16 hours for wow. some of our shelf-stable sticks mm -hmm. for our sausage. So we're doing cooks overnight. Our hams take anywhere around 14 to 16 hours. Yep. So a lot of our smokers are literally running 24 hours a day. You know, I know you have some state-of-the-art equipment. Actually given a tour of your Frankenmuth plant, and I've walked through it here and it's amazing type of equipment you have you don't see that at, at nobody's pole barn that you know processes their own deer or something but the amazing thing is is like you said about the time that it takes to cook you can't speed up certain quality you still have those processes that take take the time exact back when i was young teenager starting here yeah. we used to mix the jerky by hand in 25 pound luggers and we would put the spices and just sit there and mix it by hand yeah Nowadays, we have basically a cement mixer. It's called a tumbler. Yeah. That's in Frankmuth. It can fit 2,000 pounds. Yeah. One batch of jerky, right now we're running about 750 pounds wow. of just meat. Wow. And then you add the spices and the juices, sometimes it comes out to 12 to 1,500 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Now that tumbler will mix that 750 pounds in only 20 minutes. Really? <laughs> yep. Wow. But now you take that, we always let it soak for mm -hmm. at least 24 to 48 hours mm -hmm. in a tank because that's part of that quality quality aspect, as you're saying, to let the juices actually soak in the meat even more. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, you can add a tumbler to make mixing that much easier and faster, but when it comes time to get that quality, that's one of our keys is yeah. letting it soak in that juice and spice for that many hours. Yes. And that's actually one of our quality control aspects is we have a checkoff to let it sit that long before we can actually screen it and cook it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I remember the days of coming in here and talking to uh, your dad and, of course, uh, Diane, who was yep. very instrumental back in the days, too. I mean, she was an employee, but, you know, she did so much here. And, of course, uh, Krachik. I think it's, I, yeah. I may have pronounced Krozak. it. Krozak. Yep. First name? 
Tom, boy, you know, yeah, I come in here and I knew if I walked in here just to deal with some business, I knew I was going to be here 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I came in here yeah. one day and ran into a probably a mutual friend of ours is Mike Hugo. Yeah. That took me over, you know, for lunch with Butch and Mike over to Kreejak's. And at Kreejak's, we ran into, uh, you know, Don and Donnie. Yeah. yeah. We took up a whole round table and I had to call my wife and tell her I was coming home and had a couple beers, so I had to get a ride home and. All because of you know a simple little appointment. I was coming on Michigan brand, but, <laughs> yeah. but the neat thing about it is, and was at that time, it still is. It was family. It was a family-run business. Exactly, and it still yeah. is. Yep, exactly. Yeah. We're right down the road from Kriziak, like you said, and that's still a story. You know, we're me and my brother Joe work here, and we're a third generation. My my grandpa, um, my mom's dad, is the one who started this back yes. in the eighties. And then my mom and dad bought it from my grandpa and grandma. And then uh, me and Joe are kind of like the day-to-day operations right now. Yep. But we still have family meetings, you could call it, but yeah. where we go down in Kreziak's for a lunch meeting or we take our sales guys and stuff and yes. we go down there for the day. And you said we're right down the street from Kreziak's and it's a great time to have a meeting down there. <laughs> yeah, well, back in that day, I mean, you guys had, I remember, about 35 employees I walk in here today and I see some of the same faces, you know, at the front office here. I still feel the same way. I'm treated the same way. And I, you know, I've been in here with those other people and the same, I don't know, it's just a, it's just that same family environment. You feel welcome. You, you know, you don't feel like you're dealing with corporate America. You know, with 220 employees versus, you know, say 30, 35 back in the day. Yeah. And that's not been that long ago. Right, yeah. yeah. It's been about six or so years, eight years ago, maybe now, is yeah. when we were about anywhere around that, 35 to 50 employees. Wow. You talk about, you know, less than 10 years from going to that to 220, adding a second plant, adding a second shift. It yeah. really is amazing, yeah. In this business with growth like that, regarding your mom and dad, you all at the at the family table talking about this, and deciding you're going to, you know, grow this business we have to have a lot of faith you have to have a lot of faith that things are going to go the way they're supposed to but i don't know i'm of the essence you know darn well if you're making the good decisions you're hiring the right people Mm -hmm. you got key employees that you're going to rely on to do certain key things when i came in here you i said hey nick this may take a little bit and you made it loud and clear to me that you got some key employees right out front that if you guys had to walk away from the business for a little bit for whatever the maybe a family emergency, these guys can pick up and take and run it. Yep, and that's pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah, we're really lucky, and that's where, like you said, it's it, we could literally hand over the keys to some of these guys and girls that work for us, and we know they'd be in great hands. I mean, nice. they were here since before I was in diapers. Yeah, they're. Yeah. yeah, we got some family members still. I still got a couple of aunts that still work here, and wow. uncles and cousins. But I got a couple of the fun uh, Italian ants that talk with their hands. Yeah, so yeah, oh yeah. You go and talk to them and they're holding a knife or scissors cutting down a rack and they're pointing at you yeah. shaking their hand yeah. and you're jumping back because they got a knife in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, uh, being that, uh, yeah, you should have recognized the, the name being Italian. Yeah. Uh, you guys just from the mob. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what we like to tell people. We're yeah. an Italian family that owns a meat business. You yeah. Know, so yeah. don't get on our bad side. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I remember... Though, knowing your dad real well. But you and I connected up. A lot of years after I started working with your dad on some stuff, um, I started this outfitting guiding business. So my humble beginnings doing that, which are still in this, you know, small-time deal. But you contacted me wanting to do a bear hunt. 
Yep. And exactly. I remember that loud and clear. Just like it was yesterday. <laughs> Three, four years ago now. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's already been four years, but yep, exactly. So this was actually my second tag I've gotten in Michigan. The first yeah. one I tried to do all myself. My grandma and grandpa have property in, the, in Newberry, so we tried to do it all ourselves um, about six years before that, and we did the third hunt. Yep. I drove up once a weekend oh, for man. four or five weeks in a row trying to do it. Yeah. Didn't really do much research. I was yep. taking scraps and stuff. And yeah. And I didn't have a single bear on camera. I didn't know oh, what wow. I was doing. So. Yeah. That's tough going. Yeah. It really is. And I looked online. I looked under uh, an article that uh, Richard P. Smith sent just recently uploaded, but he's re referenced some statistics that the uh, DNR and the bear form has put out. Not a lot of people hire guides, but the statistical averages are that success rate won't quite double, but close by hiring a guide. And a guy even said, "Really?" And I said, "Well, I hope so if we're yeah. doing it for a living." But you know what? Yeah, we can put, we can do the efforts that we do at Wild Game Dynasty. We can scout, find the spots that are pretty neat, do the baiting. But you know, we've had people that didn't shoot bear, and we've had some people that you know. Sometimes I, I kind of thought, well, hey, maybe this isn't for them. Maybe they're not doing what it takes. But certainly you had it figured out. Yeah. It seemed like I just got to, you know, my buddy Ross and I and my brother just got back to bear camp after, after distributing out a lot of hunters that day. The phone rang and I said, hey, I think Nick's calling. And I remember Ross saying, what's he want? Yeah. <laughs> and he was serious. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and tell that story. Yeah, it was, uh, I think I, there was five of us hunters that you took out that day. And I was... One of the last ones, I think I might have been the last one because we were the farthest from camp or whatever. You took me out personally, walked me right to the spot. Yeah. And I remember it cleared as this day. It was like a mile and a quarter walk, but you had a real easy trail walking through the woods. Yeah. You had everything marked out for the way back and everything. But when we got down there, you had your path directly to the bait. Mm -hmm. And then you had my path for the hunter. So that yeah. way you don't mix up scents down by the bait bear and everything. Yeah. Very and, important that we do yeah. that, I think. It was beautiful. I was on top of a ridge, which you and me talked beforehand, and I told you I did want to use a gun. Yep. And you set me up on one of your bear baits. I think it was like 60 to 65 yards from the bait. Yep. And it was beautiful. There was a creek about 25 yards right behind the bait. You could hear the yeah. water running the whole time. It was on top of this ridge. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty picturesque right there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. People will say, hey, well, you know, you got nicknames for these, and uh, what do yeah. you call this one? And, of course, you know, I... We nicknamed it Wolfie. Of course, then they look at me and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm bear hunting here. Exactly, yeah. right? But yeah. uh, go ahead and finish your, because you had a neat neat experience. I so I sat down, and that very it was the very first day we got to camp. We got out a little later, like 2 or 3 o'clock, I think, by the time we actually sat down. And it took a whole three hours. It was a long day sitting in the woods, yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> sarcastically. Right. And I caught movement. I was staring forward at the bait, and I caught something black on my left eye and I look and I have a bear at seven yards on the ground and I'm sitting on the ground by the way yep lock eyes with this bear at seven yards right at eye level I'm just yes. sitting in my fold-up chair right on top of a tree with my back against the tree and the bear locks eyes with me and I just freeze obviously and the bear just looks right down and walks right down towards the bait so <laughs> Does like a little half circle, but I'm watching yep. um, the bear the whole time, and she ends up walking right to the bait. She walks yep. and uh, walk past the bait, walks about 10 yards past into some thicket. So wow. I'm sitting there kicking myself in the head because I'm thinking, dang, the bear just walked off, you know, didn't yeah. even stop at the bait. And I was I was waiting to see what the bear would do, obviously, if it would take down the uh, 
the logs because you had it yeah, with yeah. logs on top. Yeah. Not even 20 seconds, she turned back and came right back to the bait. Outstanding. Yep. Ended up uh, obviously waiting a whole five seconds and then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> took the shot then. And yeah. I was using a 7 mag, a Thompson Center 7 mag, and obviously made a perfect shot. She dropped right on top of the pile. Wow. Which I was happy about. I remember that video because you got it all on video I did, too. yep. I self-filmed it. Yep. Yeah, that's and awesome. It wasn't, you know, best camera in the world, but it was still, like, oh. I got the perfect video. I had it zoomed in right yeah. on the bait and everything. And yeah, I got very few people get it on video. Yeah, everything worked like clockwork. And, uh, yeah, there's there's always in it. luck involved, but uh, that was a day that, you know, everything kind of fell into place. It was a great day to be out in the woods no matter what because the weather was pretty cooperative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was perfect. and. Yeah. It was about 45 minutes or so before dark. It wasn't really that dark yet, but, you know, back in the old swamp, yeah. you know, it's oh, yeah. starting to get dark pretty quick, you know. So yeah. I look at the phone, and I'm like, all right, debating what I should do. And I said, holy crap, I actually got a single bar. So yeah. <laughs> I called Gary, and it actually worked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the first thing you said to me is, I can't believe your call actually coming through. <laughs> and I said, yeah. I said, I got him, Gary. I got one. Yep, I remember that just yep. like I remember the moment that it happened. Yeah, yeah, it was and awesome. I, yeah, I've gotten a lot of those calls, and those are the calls that are so much fun. And you know, that's when it, you know what you're doing is you know you enjoy it. But that's when it, everything kind of comes to a culmination of total enjoyment, and then you kind of realize that you get down there and you field dress the bear, and then the work starts getting it out. Oh yeah, yeah. So like I mentioned again, it was a mile and a quarter walk from yeah. where we parked the truck. Yeah, which isn't that bad when you think about it until you add a 200 pound bear oh yeah and you're a mile and a half back in the bush in oh, the swamp yeah. and i tell you what these guys you know you mentioned ross and your brother yeah they worked their butts off they i did. mean i stood in to take a couple pictures and these guys basically lifted these bears on their shoulders and carried it out yeah i we were at the bottom of a ridge so we had to push the bear up that yeah. 60 or 70 yards yeah so it took all three of us just to get it to the top. Yep. But then from there, your guys and you did the oh, rest. Nice, nice. And well, I told them too. They, you know, see, they work out of fear. <laughs> I told them I can't have any any adult beverages or any uh, Michigan brand beef sticks there you go. or jerky sticks back at camp unless earn it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I remember by the time we got to the truck, we did take it to um, the butcher shop up there. Yeah. It was quarter after 11, midnight or something by the time that all got done and said. Yeah. We were all ready for a bite to eat. We still haven't had dinner yet. Yeah. Yep. Take a quick bite to eat and jump in bed because we were wiped, man. That was yeah. that was a lot of work to get the bear that far out. Well, that wore us all out. That was the, uh, yeah, there were some good hunts uh, going on that season, and, and we've had a bunch of them since. Uh, and, of course, we've expanded into the Atlanta area, and last year we had a Everybody at like in Atlanta tagged out kind of thing. You know, they, you just see the smiles on people's faces and, uh, you know, their eyes are, you know, like deer in headlights. I mean, they're just, they just can't believe what the, what has just happened. Right. You know, they'll give you a call. They text you. One guy, hey, I got a death moan. And Ross even said, what's he mean by that? And, and as soon as he said it, he, he should yeah. have said it. He knew exactly what it meant, but it took him. Uh, but we get down yeah. there and he's, he's talking a mile a minute you know he's shaking the hunter is and yeah. uh, he calms down and but it's true with everybody i mean you're getting hugs from guys that don't normally hug people yeah. and uh they shake your hand about six times yeah but uh yeah if i'm sure i was one of those guys oh was, and that's what it's supposed to be yeah that's exactly how you it, want to play it out 
and again, this was my first bear ever. Yeah. I've been to Canada since that hunt. Yep. You go on bear hunts, but I, I wanted my first black bear to be a Michigan, Michigan bear. bear. That yeah. was my goal. You know, waiting for a tag here in Michigan can be tough sometimes. Oh, and it can, yeah. I was up to six years, and then I got that hunt with you. Again, yeah. rough. Come up on a Friday, and three hours later, there got a bear down. Tag out, It was a yeah. tough hunt for me. <laughs> Home for church on Sunday, buddy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It actually did work out good because that was my uh, anniversary was yeah, that it was. weekend. And <laughs> everybody kept asking. I think it was our five-year anniversary back then. And everybody said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going on bear, bear hunting. Yeah. So then when we got the bear, the next morning I'm like, yeah, I think I might go home to make it in time for our anniversary and bring <laughs> her home call, a bear. Man. Good call, I buddy. Got, I got yeah. my wife a bear for our anniversary. <laughs> yeah, well, quite a present. But you know what? That's what the girls do when you roll like that because – as I recall, I mean, you guys do a lot of hunting and fishing, outdoor activities. When you showed me that how the bear mount turned out, you know, from the taxidermist, I was really impressed. It turned out very nice, which is yep. always a nice thing. But you showed me a couple pictures, and I see something else standing in the in the picture. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's not a coyote. It's a lot bigger than that, and I've seen him before up to the UP. This was a wolf. You went on a wolf hunt. Yep, I did. A year ago in January, January of 2019. Outstanding. Yep. About five hours, four and a half hours past the Sioux, past yeah. Sioux St. Marie up in yeah. White River. Yeah. Went on a wolf hunt. Nice, yeah. nice. That was awesome. That is awesome. Outstanding. So, hey, we're probably going to see more of you because we have you, your brother-in-law, Max? Yep. Cousin. Cousin, Cousin I'm Max. sorry. Cousin, yeah. Yep. Max Frank. I mean, you guys came out to Missouri. You guys came out. We had some uh, inclement weather, we'll say. But at the same time, you guys saw some awesome, awesome oh, yeah. deer, some bucks. So, yeah. Uh, last year, we had a... Uh, another one of those years where it, was, it ended up being a banner year of people tagging out. Yeah, that um, was amazing, the different oh. caliber of deer you can see out there. And yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So we're, let's ratchet back a little bit, though, because uh, well, I'm looking at my time thing, and I've got a uh, appointment that i got to keep, too. But uh, And uh, we could talk hunting all day on this thing, and uh, yep. you know, we'd probably break it open, all these uh, goodies that you're going to send home with me, and I'm going to have a bunch of empty wrappers to shove in my pocket <laughs> yeah but i'm looking back on this and and i'm saying you know i'm hearing some things that are pretty cool about the family-run business and stuff but it's hard to stay focused when stay focused on a family-run type of operation but you see a lot of companies and you know i don't know who they are necessarily but you hear people talking about uh boy they lost their focus you know and they they're they're producing you know uh widgets we'll call them you know in a in a way that uh, just doesn't reflect on their past, but I don't see that here. I see the quality. I mean, you brought into this room some stuff that uh, you're selling on the on the shelves, or you're distributing out to a variety of uh, you know convenience stores. Yep. And you open that packaged, the same packages that are going to get shipped out, and you and I are munching on them. Exactly. So you're eating the you're eating the product as well as producing yep. it. Yep. Exactly. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yep. For example, um, I brought out a pack of jalapeno venison hunters. They're uh, snack sticks. They're the same ones that we have people bring every year. They're venison that is boned yeah. out from mm -hmm. their trophies that they harvest that year. Yeah. And we can turn it into snack sticks. We wow. do cheddar, jalapeno. We do a mild and a hot. And this is a venison one that I brought out today for us to eat. Yeah. Now, that's the same one my grandpa did back in the 80s when oh, he used to my. process deer. 
Wow. He used to do a jalapeno and a cheddar. We got a lot of that. Our hams are still my grandpa's recipe from back in the 80s. That's something, though. Isn't that? Oh, my gosh. And we do a breakfast sausage that we don't sell, but we do for, like, uh, fundraisers or we do for pancake breakfasts. Really? We do a lot of those this time of year. Yeah. And that's still my grandpa's recipe today. And every time we have one of those, we have that come in the next week and say, Hey, I was at this breakfast this last weekend and your breakfast sausage, can I buy it? Yeah. We'll say, well, if you want to buy about 25 pounds, we can do a special batch for you. But we have a lot of products like that that's still my grandpa's recipe to this day. Oh, my gosh. So you get your people that are doing fundraisers and it might be a pancake breakfast where they want to bring in some local uh, favorite sausages and all the Michigan brand quality. So they could give you a call here and you could fill a big order for them on that front. And maybe they could even, you know, we'll say double up the order whatever people that are participating in it might even uh, buy that product from you know, yep. from the fundraiser itself so exactly the yep. opportunity and like we said with the custom that's still big where every year we have venison bear duck is a big one goose people bring in their goose meat for us to mm. make jerky out of wow. and sausage i mean every year we we usually do some elk we do a little bit of like bear meat every year so mm-hmm. Nothing too strange. We've done some, uh, in the years past, we've done emu, we've done... Oh my gosh. Yeah. We actually did lion once for a guy, made yeah. sausage out of it for him. We've done... Out of the product that he brought into you. Exactly. He yeah. harvested, and he probably went to, uh, uh, we'll say, Africa. Yeah. And uh, harvested, yeah, outstanding. Wow. Yeah, so... Well, it's funny, you know, I shouldn't say funny, it's really neat, though. When a guy spends as much money as he does on a, on a, uh, on a hunt... Whether it be here in Michigan or outside, you know, Michigan, another state, or across the ocean in a, you yeah. know, a different country, and they bring their product to you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a big trust factor. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of these guys are repeats, obviously, where they said, "I yeah. ran out in June, and I've been waiting till deer season yeah. came back around so I can get more sticks made." Yeah. yeah. So that's a great feeling when we can hear stuff like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. absolutely. Well, hey, we're going to kind of wrap it up here, but I've got to ask a couple of questions. And one would be, is anything on the horizon for Nick Grillo as far as non-job related? <laughs> I'm talking about <clears throat> maybe a, a hunting trip. Yeah. I mean, do you have something uh, scheduled out of state or out of uh, country or yeah, you know, on your bucket list, we'll call it? Yep. Right now, I do have a spring bear hunt coming up this year oh, in nice, Ontario. Nice. Back in White, White River where I got that yeah. wolf. Yeah. Um, going back there for a bear hunt. So Very that's nice. in June. Yep. Yeah. So kind of real nice to just go that little bit past the border and you can do a spring bear hunt. That's not that far at all. You exactly. can do it every year. So, you exactly. know, in yeah. between your Michigan tags, uh, yeah. you know, because they're a little bit few and far. Okay. Uh, back to the business then. Uh, What's uh, what's with the Grillo family and the Michigan brand? What's some new challenges or some new projects, if any? What are some things that we can kind of hear hear about or watch for for a company, Michigan brand? Well, one big thing is um, in Frankenmuth, we we just added a new packaging line where it's um, basically we're hoping it's going to double our production. We're filling up the space there, so one of the big things is we have pretty much first shift 
filled at both locations. Yep. We're still working on filling out our second shift in Frank Muth mostly. Break in Easter is when it's going to pick back up yeah. again. We have a lot of new products that we're coming out with that are kind of still in the early test on stages. But yep. one we started last year that's going real good is the Mike Avery Peppered Elk Sticks. That's a very popular. Yeah. Obviously, you add in a good product like ours, it's, yeah. it's selling like hotcakes. It's going did, awesome. Did Mike have some say so in this uh, product? You just basically <laughs> told him, hey, we're putting your, your name on something. Yeah, he was one of our official test tasters. Yeah, he, I figured yeah, as much. Yeah. <laughs> he liked it. Yeah. Well, I remember when he came to camp uh, bear hunt. You know. Actually, that was the week before I got my bear. Yeah, it was. It was the same year. Yeah. yeah, it was. He had some some of you guys' stuff in it. I don't even know if that was if he was partnered up with you guys yet. I don't but, think uh, so. He I had think... some of your stuff with yeah. him. And, and I jumped in his truck, and he had. He said, oh, I'm sorry. And there was a one of you guys' wrappers. It was empty, you know, of course. And, uh, yeah. So he had, had a snack early. Yep, time. and then when we did Missouri, like you said, with Max the year yeah. before, we took a bunch of products out oh, you there. Did. And Absolutely, we a couple had, times. Yep, we had a lot of snacks out there. So. Yeah. Well, hey, I see, I'm leading you into this, and I baited the hook. So I'm thinking uh, this fall, when we kind of ratchet in bear and, and deer season, and we have a you know several groups of hunters in camp i'm hoping to have a big box of uh, michigan brand snacks there you go yeah Andy. so uh, so on, on this uh microphone on record probably got you committed to supplying us with a certain uh, allotment of those snacks probably right, right yep yep when your hunters get there they can say i heard it myself on the yeah, absolutely <laughs> on that yeah. microphone what nick said yeah. yeah well i appreciate it nick we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up and man like you said i think we i think we talked hunting and fishing about an hour before we pressed record but it feels yeah. like uh we could talk another hour without too much hassle, you know what? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, it's thanks. Always, always great talking to you, Gary. Hey, thanks. You too. You have a great evening. Hey, I look forward to uh, coming back. All right. Thanks, Gary. Thanks. Take care. Yep. Episode number 54 is brought to you by... Bear Feed, Retichuk Farms. Let us help you take the worry out of picking the perfect bait. The only thing you have to worry about is tagging that bear. Stop in, see all the family and check out our great selection of bear bait, feedmibear.com. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to episode 54. We really, really appreciate it. Hey, if you have not gotten your turkey calls out, if you plan on turkey hunting, I'm just going to I'm just gonna say it the way it is. Get them out, start practicing a little bit. Yeah, you can drive your spouse nuts, if nothing else. Not that that's fun, but it is for me sometimes. Anyways, we have a seminar that Wild Game Dynasty is putting on. It's a really cool seminar. It's at the... Saginaw Cabela's, the Cabela's Outpost, uh, April 11th. It's a Saturday. It's from 10 a.m. until noon. It's a youth turkey calling contest and hunting seminar. If you have a a youngster at home, a gal or a, or a young man that is thinking about getting into turkey hunting or already is into turkey hunting, wants to show off his turkey calling skills, bring him over. It's going to be a fun contest. There's going to be some prizes, of course. And we're going to cap it off with Guest. Uh, He's a nine-time state turkey calling champ that's going to help us do some judging and then share some of his skills and how he became involved in turkey hunting and what has brought him to the state turkey calling champion status. He'll share that with us. Without further, we'll talk to you next time.